Hello, I'm Guillermina Gonzalez, ex your host for today. And with me, we have a good friend of this program, Kate Ransom. Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you. And uh, always a pleasure to talk about Seraphine String Quartet. You are a violinist in that uh, and a founding member of the of the wonderful and really wonderful because I've had the chance to listen to you guys and it's always inspiring I have to say thank you and uh, it's important to share the very solid programming that you guys are lining up and and uh, well we invited you to the show to understand where you guys are uh, what you are planning because you have many wonderful things coming up But if you allow me in checking your wonderful bio, um, impressive to begin with, because uh, you, you you get to know the individual and you get to appreciate the professionalism. Uh, but this time around, I paid attention uh, particularly to a couple of phrases that got my attention and maybe you can help me understand uh, what it means. Um, In it, uh, in the bio says uh, that you are you were hailed by the New York Times as an impassioned, uh, but also clear articulation and unity of purpose. That those last two words got my attention. Ex explain to me in that context what it means to have this unity of purpose. Well, um, thank you, Guillermina. It's just great to be back to talk with you again, and especially right at the start of a new concert season. It's a very exciting time mm -hmm. for Seraphim String Quartet and for most musicians as we embark on our new season. Um, so you just read a phrase from my uh, debut recital with my duo partner, Anthony mm -hmm. Siriani, okay. um, in uh, what was then called Carnegie Recital Hall, which is now called Wild Recital Hall at Carnegie Hall. Mm -hmm. It was our New York debut as a duo and uh, we were just um, thrilled to get such a nice notice in the New York Times to get a review at all mm -hmm. is um, really challenging and and these days even more difficult than than that which goes back several decades actually mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um, you reference a phrase unity of purpose mm -hmm. and that's just so wonderful to me that you pulled that out um, because I think And philosophically, mm -hmm. that is a phrase that underscores my entire life, my professional life and my personal life as well. Unity of purpose is what chamber music is all about. Mm -hmm. And it's what thrills me in the end of the day, not only the wonderful artworks that we get to perform and present and deeply learn, but to craft mm -hmm. as a quartet, four of us into one entity that has cohesion, uh, mm -hmm. that has good blend, that is a conversation for mm -hmm. the audience and us mm -hmm. to enjoy. That is what describes unity of purpose for a string quartet. You know what, uh, and, and precisely that's the reason, I make the connection in, in between the musician, the person, and the professional. And it sounded to me like very cohesive and very coherent. Uh, and that's perhaps the reason why it got my attention. Because um, it's a nice way of defining a, a team player. Absolutely. And um, the art of collaboration. Which Anna. is uh, missed these days, perhaps, in, in many uh, different arenas, Kate? Uh, um, well, it's, it's not always an easy thing to find consensus together. Right. Um, if you have strength in personality, which is, which is <clears throat> considered an attribute, definitely an attribute in the arts, 
but I think it's an attribute in general, strength mm-hmm. of personality. Um, you want the strength of personality, but you want people who are able to respect and listen to other mm-hmm. ideas, mm-hmm. try things, um, turn the ideas around in their head. In the case of a skill like um, music making, the mm-hmm. art mm-hmm. and skill of music making, try different approaches to mm-hmm. using strokes or how long and short notes will be. Um, different bowings uh, for us in in the string world. Mm-hmm. So you want people who are considerate, mm-hmm. meaning they will consider other mm-hmm. ideas mm-hmm. than the one that they may be holding in the front of their mind. And um, to me, that is exhilarating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a very strong-minded person, and my colleagues in the quartet are all very, they have they know what they think about things, and mm-hmm. and they bring great ideas all around the group. In the end of the day, we have to um, get our our performance interpretation and our style and our mm-hmm. technical style all to gel, mm-hmm. and we have to do it on a schedule because the concert's going to be coming up. <laughs> right. So we don't have just endless amounts of time to to reach those. Reach the consensus, right? So, um, so it's a really um, wonderful undertaking, very challenging. Um, it is definitely requiring not only um, a good match of ability, mm-hmm. um, but an ability to reach a meeting of the minds. Beautifully said. And talking about the many things that you guys are planning, uh, it looks like you have a very solid season coming up and wonderful collaborations and, and, and locations across uh, the state in many ways. So why don't you share what you have in the pipeline so people get excited the way I just got excited by reading the many things that you guys are doing. Thanks. Yeah, we've just um, started our season this fall with concerts locally in Wilmington mm-hmm. and also in in Queens, New York, and that's mm-hmm. been very exciting for us. Um, coming up in the region, we have concerts at the Milton Theater in Milton, Delaware, on Friday, September 22nd. Mm-hmm. This is, we've been there already several times, and it's been exciting for us to see beautiful, the, beautiful location. It's a great, mm-hmm. uh, it's a great theater, and also we've been excited to see the audience developing. So each time we've played, there's been more and more people coming mm-hmm. out. So we know that um, there is a following for classical chamber music. And um, and that's really wonderful to see happening. So um, we'll be there on f- in Milton on the 22nd mm-hmm. of this month. And then uh, the following week, one of our co- collaborative ventures is coming up mm-hmm. at the University of Delaware. Um, many people know that the Seraphim String Quartet is the quartet in residence at the mm-hmm. University of Delaware. Mm-hmm. We've enjoyed a nice tenure there already and have several years ahead of us yet. Um, We have been in the process of a collaboration with the Blair String Quartet. Mm -hmm. The Blair Quartet is in residence at Vanderbilt University's Blair School of Music. Mm -hmm. And and that's in Nashville, Tennessee, where I grew up. And so I have a colleague, Connie -hmm. Connie Hurd, is a violinist with the Blair Mm -hmm. Quartet. And the two of us have known us virtually our whole lifetimes. And we grew up together musically. She a few years ahead of me. So she was sort of my aspirational... Your mentor. Yeah, my mentor that I looked up to. I wanted to follow in her footsteps and... 
and take the role of, say, concertmaster in the youth mm-hmm. orchestra, solo with the orchestra, the things that I saw her doing ahead of me, mm-hmm. I aspired to do. So we've had a wonderful musical bond all our lives, and it's been very exciting to, to collaborate with her and mm-hmm. her quartet. Um, the Seraphins traveled last April mm-hmm. to Nashville, and we did um, about a week's worth of master classes. And and we also collaborated with them in a concert. Mm-hmm. Um, and now this is their turn to come up to the University of Delaware, our home base, and do a bunch of master classes and mm. and also collaborate with us in a concert. So um, on the twenty eighth of September, Thursday mm-hmm. night at eight, in Gore Recital Hall at um, at University of Delaware. They will play two works on the first half of the program, mm-hmm. and then on the second half of the program, we will join together for Mendelssohn's Octet for Strings. That sounds beautiful. One of the most exciting string chamber works ever written. And um, what we did in Nashville was we played two works on the first mm-hmm. half, mm-hmm. and then we joined together for the Mendelssohn Octet on the second half oh, nice. there, uh-huh. but we're reversing roles. Okay. <laughs> so on one of the concerts down there, they played the first parts mm-hmm. and we will play the first parts at University of Delaware. Oh my goodness. On the 28th, September 28th. Yeah. For those paying attention, by the way, if they are interested, how do they get tickets or, or how do they, what well, do they need to um, do? Let's see. This uh, You can go to www.music.udel.edu to mm-hmm. find out more about it. Mm-hmm. But um, this is a bring a friend for free promotional event. Okay. So um, if you purchase your concert ticket, you can bring a friend for free. Well, I think I'm just going to do that. Music at udell.edu. Thursday, September 28th at 8. Two for the price of one with this program. <laughs> Such a deal. Hey, listen, <laughs> not to mention beautiful restaurants nearby <laughs> that you can write. Mm-hmm. Terrific. Give me a sec, uh, Kate, if you will, to re-engage with the audience, to let them know that uh, you're listening to... Um, Delaware State of the Arts radio show, New Stock, 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. We have the great pleasure of talking to Kate Ransom, Seraphine String Quartet violinist and founding member of the same group, uh, sharing a wonderful season that has just started. And she was just sharing the two for the price of one on September 28th, Kate. That's correct, at um, University of Delaware's Gore Recital Hall. There you go. But it doesn't stop right there. What else do you have in the pipeline? <laughs> well, um, we really enjoy playing in some of the wonderful venues mm-hmm. in our our immediate area. Mm-hmm. And so definitely Gore Recital Hall is a beautiful hall mm-hmm. to play chamber music. Yeah, Another wonderful s- space and a wonderful series is the Arts at Trinity which mm-hmm. is the series at Trinity Episcopal Church in mm-hmm. downtown Wilmington. And we will open their season on Saturday, October 7th. And we've had a very wonderful relationship for quite a few years now with the Arts at Trinity, and we are honored to open their season. Um, their concert series is Saturday nights at 7.30, so October 7th is a Saturday night. Come at mm-hmm. 7.30. Mm-hmm. Jackson Immuno Research sponsors their series so that mm-hmm. it can be free and open to the public. There you go. Another good idea for, you know, that week. Yes. So let me, uh, before we continue with a wonderful season, Kate, um, I was just thinking, why did you choose the instrument you chose? 
because there's a plethora of uh, of instruments, and but but you somehow connect it. That's true, and I think that in general, people who end up um, being professional musicians and mm -hmm. being very devoted to an instrument or maybe voice, mm -hmm. they embrace. Uh, they have a passion for whatever the instrument they It becomes they like a part of you. Yeah, it is definitely an extension of yourself. And um, But for me, in my case, I actually didn't initially choose the violin. Really? <laughs> well, my mom chose that I was going to study the violin from my very young age. But then later on, um, about middle school, when I was mm -hmm. 12 or 13 years old, I had my first substantive chamber music experiences. Mm -hmm. And I definitely... There was a point in time when I was about 13 or 14 mm -hmm. when I chose the string quartet. And it mm -hmm. was when I experienced listening to and then trying to play string quartets for the first time, it just enraptured me entirely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was I was truly smitten by it, by the music, by the repertoire that these great composers had created and by the ability to both blend and mm -hmm. contrast and by the conversational nature of it. So um, in, in that case, at that time, mm -hmm. I chose the string quartet. And since I was playing the violin, I chose to devote myself to playing the violin in a way that it could sing its part, speak its part, do its part in the context of string quartet. Mm -hmm. I do enjoy um, recital playing as well. I'm not really a concerto player. I'm not a symphony orchestra player. Um, my heart of hearts lies with chamber music. There you go. So when you are, uh, tell me, t you have to practice a lot. Yes, you, yes, you do. It's have. not like you just get the inspiration and go and get the instrument and, mm -hmm. and play. No, no. Walk me through to. your your maybe your week in terms of training, in terms of uh, to be just ready for a concert like the ones that you guys are are organizing. Mm -hmm. Well, when we string players are in training as as young players, when we're aspiring professionals, mm -hmm. that's when we put in the most intensive mm -hmm. time. Um, and I would go to summer programs because they afforded more opportunity mm -hmm. to spend blocks of time practicing than your average young person's school day. Mm -hmm. You just don't have as much free time. So in those camps, um, they some of them were practice camps, for example, where what you did was you took instruction and you practiced at mm -hmm. least five hours a day. I had practiced at the most once 10 hours a day. Wow. Uh, I, did, I found... You spend your entire day, you just have lunch <laughs> and get back to it? Or? Yes, it was pretty much. And then you take your breaks and um, you have to organize yourself so you don't get injured. So you have to take... Say if you do 50 minutes on and 10 minutes off, you can practice many hours in a row and not injure yourself. Mm -hmm. And you have to be also playing the right way right? Um, so that you're not straining your muscles. And so, but anyway, we all go through that intensive time mm -hmm. period of mm -hmm. lots and lots of hours and hours of practice. Um, you know, my life is extremely diverse and so performing is a very central, important part of my life. But mm -hmm. 
many hours of my day are devoted to other things like running the music school of Delaware. Yeah, just, I mean, in your free time, (laughs) you just run. (laughs) So I don't get to practice as much as I would like. Mm -hmm. And I would like to practice um, several hours a day every day. But the reality is, at least on busy work days Mm -hmm. for me, it might be one to two hours. And then the weekends or other days or evenings Mm -hmm. that might be free, Mm -hmm. they give me opportunity to have a a longer block. Coming back to the season, is there something else you would like to share in terms of what's coming up and and how people get tickets and the likes, uh, Kate? Well, as far as information about anything of interest, Mm -hmm. um, the best thing is just visit the Seraphin Quartet website. Seraphin, that's S-E-R-A-F-I-N Quartet dot O-R-G. so that's the best way to get like the specifics what we're excited about this season um well just a breadth of repertoire that is Mm -hmm. so so thrilling from haydn the grandfather of the string quartet he really Mm -hmm. invented and and created this form and all the way up to shostakovich and also with sibelius and we're doing a wonderful um, group of collaborations, both with the Blair Quartet this mm-hmm. fall, and then later in the season with um, pianist um, Roberta Rust. We're going to play with her in Florida when we do mm. a very short tour to Florida. Mm-hmm. And um, and also we go to Oklahoma to play with a colleague of ours, Hal Grossman, and uh, violinist Hal Grossman and pianist Stephanie Shames. Mm-hmm. There's a wonderful work by Chausson who he wrote uh, Chausson wrote a piece for violin and piano solo Mm. with string quartet Mm. and there it's one of the only works maybe the only work that's written for that combination and gives us a great chance to collaborate with Roberta Rust in Florida we're going to be doing the Dvorak piano quintet which we will also do at the music school of Delaware Mm -hmm. with Jennifer Nicole Campbell one of the music school faculty mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot coming up for us um, Julie Kushran is a phenomenal pianist a Norwegian pianist who will be joining us at the University of Delaware f- with Hal Grossman for the Chausson when we play it here locally there you go so there's just uh, really a lot coming up for us The um, getting to go outside of our immediate region yeah. and get to Florida and Oklahoma mm-hmm. that's very exciting for us of course individually uh, our quartet members in the Seraphim Quartet we also do other things and travel right. and you get together when you need to get together well we get together regularly this mm-hmm. um, this is probably the heart of our professional performance activity mm-hmm. but you know my, some of my colleagues enjoy playing concertos I know Larry Stomberg is playing mm-hmm. a cello concerto in in New Mexico later in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really excited that I get to travel to Alaska to play concerts in Juneau in Excuse the month of May. Me? <laughs> so it's, and what are you going to do there? <laughs> play a bunch of concerts and um, hopefully look at some gorgeous scenery. Do you need scenery. somebody carrying the luggage or something? Sure, sure. Come on. <laughs> come on. It's always a help. <laughs> it's right. Um Listen, I've always been curious to know how you guys, when playing, connect with the public. Because it's true that you concentrate on, on playing the instrument, but at some point you get cues from the audience. Mm-hmm. Is that the case in your case and for a Seraphine String Quartet? And if so, how that connection happens? 
Well, I would definitely say maybe not to the degree that actors do in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel the energy of the audience. I see. And we definitely feel if the connection happens or if it doesn't happen. Or, um, But I think that if you think about what music is, mm-hmm. the essence of it is vibration. Mm-hmm. It's energy. And mm-hmm. so what we're doing is conveying the energy So you feel the energy of the audience? I think the first thing we feel is the energy of the music itself. Okay. And the music itself is so vibrant and to us so um, inspiring Mm -hmm. um, that basically our job is to convey Mm -hmm. the energy and the passion and the the character of the music Mm -hmm. like telling a story to the audience. So then what we feel back from the audience is Are they with us? And when we do feel them with us, that is a very special experience. Mm-hmm. Um, we can tell by how quietly an audience is listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can tell by how they, the, the noises that they might make when we finish a movement mm-hmm. and they're f- breathing, <laughs> finally. They mm-hmm. might have been holding their breath because it's, you know, they want to take in every, mm-hmm. every note. Um, and of course, we can tell by the their response when they applaud or mm-hmm. cheer or mm-hmm. the response afterwards. But you can also feel a vibrancy in the air and you can feel, um, you know, some sense that the audience is that you are connecting mm-hmm. with the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't probably describe it very well in words, but it is an extraordinary experience. It, it, and that's the reason why I'm asking, because it's a different experience from the audience as opposed to the artist, because clearly the connection happens. How that is expressed mm-hmm. is not easy to grasp. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's partly about how cohesively and compellingly mm-hmm. you can craft the, your interpretation and mm-hmm. projection mm-hmm. of this beautiful piece of art. We basically revere and adore every piece that we play. Right. And so we put so much care into figuring out how we want to present it and then so much energy into how we convey it. Presenting and connecting with the audiences. And that's precisely what Seraphine String Quartet does all the time. I can be a witness of that happening. And with that, Kate, thank you very much for being part of the show. Thanks for having me.